Rabosa, we are in the base of Aleph, the top of the page in Chagiga. Says the Mishnah, everybody's obligated to show themselves at the base of English three times a year and to bring the Olas Ri'iya. Excluding these are people who don't, are not, they can't think properly and they're part, they're part of from the mitzvahs. That is what? A person is deaf and dumb, an imbecile, or a minor. The tumtum, a person whose sex is covered over, we can't, we can't, we can't see. Androgynous, a person who has both sexes, both both sexes. Benashim ba'abadim, so they're and they're out because of, because of the word zochar. Benashim ba'abadim, women and slaves, uh, and Canaanite slaves are exempt. Ba'abadim, shenam shuchar, probably women and unfreed slaves. We'll see later what, a little bit why why that language. Women and unfreed slaves. Went on free slaves. Hachiger, a person who is lame. Vasuma, a person who is blind. Vachol, a person who is sick. Vazokin, a person who is old. Umisha, ino yochol alus raglav. Anybody who can't walk with his legs, we're going to see because he has to be able to walk, is pater from this mitzvah. Ezu katan. Okay, what's considered a minor who is pater? Okay, now what? He knows what even rabbinically. As a minor, he's not having any mitzvahs. What's, what's pater even from the rabbis? Who's a minor? Anybody who can't go on his, who can't ride on his father's shoulders and go up to, to, to go up from Yushalayim to the Arabayas means into the temple courtyard. That's Beishamai's opinion. Okay, um, but once he's old enough for that, even though he's part of from other mitzvahs, he's chayav mid the rabbanon. And Basil says no. Anybody who can't hold his father's hand, somebody who can't walk from Yishlaim to the Harabais to the temple courtyard. Shenemar, as it says, Shalosh Regalim, three Regalim, and that teaches me what? That it has to be, a person has to be able to, uh, be able to walk. Beishamai says, Hare'iyah, uh, so therefore, therefore, we meet the Rabbanim, he has to at least be able to walk with his father. Beishamai says, what's the price of the sacrifice? The Olas Re'iyah is Shtei Kesef, is two Ma'os, two coin, two Ma'os of Kesef. And the sacrifice of the Chagiga, the Shlomim of Chagiga, is Ma' Kesef, is one Ma' silver coin. Beishil says the opposite. Re'iyah, the Olas Re'iyah Ma' Kesef has to be, the Rabbis taught us, has to be one silver coin, one Ma'ah. The Chagiga, the Chagiga Shtei Kesef, the Chagiga, has to be two most of silver. Whenever we say oh, oh, everyone, okay, everyone's obligated. So you just say when you say everyone, everyone comes to include something a case that you might not have thought was included. We said everyone. What is that coming to include? So the Gemara says it's coming to include somebody who's half free and half slave. Let's say there was a Canaanite slave who was owned by two people. One person freed his freed the slave his half. So the slave is half free because one owner let him go, and the other owner still held on, so he's half slave. So, so according to that way, so a person who's half free and half slave would be obligated to, would be also be obligated uh, to show up and to bring the sacrifice. So Ravina Dahmer says, come on, Ravina Dahmer, later on we're going to see, Ravina learns, he learns that what? That a person who's half free and half slave is exempt from the mitzvah of Re'iyah because he, has, because he still has another master besides Hashem. 
So he says, Hakoli to Yemais. You can't. So then, what is Hakol coming to include? You can't send his kalut to half slave and half half free because because according to Ravina, half slave and half free is obligated is not obligated. So what's Hakol coming to? Who are you coming to include in the obligation? Uh, some someone else other than half free and half slaves? So says you have to answer according to Ravina that to Yichiger Marishon. It's coming about a person who was who was lame on the first day, but his pashet and became healed by Biyom Sheni on the second day. No, it's, so it comes to tell me that, that even though on the first day he wasn't he he was exempt because he can't walk. Well, since on the second day, he can walk, so he is obligated. So that's the point. So, so Hakol, everybody, even a person who wasn't obligated the first day, is still obligated on the other days to show up to bring the sacrifice. I said, one second, that's also a nice answer, but that's very good. We have two opinions. We know that we can, you know that we can pay back uh, the, the sacrifice or the showing up. We didn't do it on the first day, we can do it all the seven days, let's say, of the holiday. But there's a question of how that mechanism works. Let me explain. Do we say that what? That every, that the, that the ob- obligation of the first day can be paid back all seven days? And we say, we say no. Every day has its own obligation. So if a person wasn't obligated the first day, the other day has its own obligation. Day two has an obligation. Or day three has its own obligation. What's the difference? If all the other days are only paying back the obligation of the first day, then a person wasn't obligated the first day, doesn't obligated the other days. But if each day has its own it has its own new obligation, then even a person who wasn't obligated the first day would still be obligated day two and day three. So do they all pay back for day one, or do they pay back for each other? Paying back for each other means what? Each day has its own independent obligation. Paying back for the first day means what? It's all payback for the first day. If we're obligated on the first day, you're not obligated on the other days. So now you just told me what that call is coming to include a guy who's lame on day one is still obligated on day two or day three or day four. That's very good according to the opinion. That's very good according to the opinion that each day pays back for the other day. That even though he wasn't obligated the first day, he gained the obligation of day two or day three or day four, etc. But according to the opinion, they say everything's only paying back the first day. And therefore, if you don't have the first day's obligation, you don't have any obligation. I'll call you to your mind. And again, what is a call coming to include? It can't be coming to include a guy who's lame on the first day and, and can walk on the second because the guy who's lame on the first day never can become obligated again because he wasn't obligated the first day, all you can do is pay back. If you were obligated the first day, you didn't do it, you can pay back the other day, but if you weren't obligated, there's no, there's no you can't pay back. Mar says, you know what? Okay, so according to that opinion, you have to say, it's coming to include a person who was blind in one of his eyes. Uh, okay, that even, uh, 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 the, unlike the opinion of the Tana, the Tana, who said, unlike that Tana holds that a person who's blind in one eye is also exempt from the Mitzvah Riyah. How does he learn? He sees and he, and, uh, he sees and he will be seen. So, the, no, you could, you could, it depends how you, how you, how you read it. We read it, Yera, but really what? It says, it says, Yera is a kol Every one of your males will be, will be seen, okay? So now you could really read it, Yera, you should see, okay? And, 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 uh, so therefore, Kader Shaba Liros, the same way the Kosh Baruch Hu is coming to see, okay, to see you, Kach so is the Kosh Baruch Hu coming to be seen by you, and just like what? Ma Liros, Ma Liros, so just like by, uh, um, so the coming, the seeing of the person is as if a Kodesh Baruch has complete vision, he sees with two eyes. 
Af leiros also to be seen through the person. Okay, b'shteyin up with two eyes, just like Hashem kaviyachal, so to speak, because he's with two eyes. So the person has to see Hashem with two eyes. So therefore, a person who's blind in one eye is exempt. So I got a problem. How can you tell me that what a call is coming to a call is coming to uh, to include? We uh, got uh, probably to, but not a problem. You thought a call is coming to include a person who's blind in one eye that he's still obligated. Aye, so, that, so that's one answer. Be by same alternatively, I could say it the other way. You know what? La'olam kadem I could go back to my original position. And really, it's coming to include a person who is half slave and half free. With the kakash la'chad Ravina, are you going to say, what about Ravina? Didn't Ravina teach me? Didn't Ravina tell me that from the later point, the fact that the Mishnah said, a slave who's not freed, anybody who's not freed, even if he's partially freed, is also is also exempt from the mitzvah. Lokasha, it's not. It's how can you tell how comes to include him? When you told me that what that when, how can you tell me that how call comes to include half slave, half free? When you just told me that according to that, and but according to Ravina, according to Ravina, when you said slaves who are not freed comes to include in the exemption half free and half slave. How could how could slaves who are not free come to say that? Half free and not and, and half slave is is not obligated, and a call is coming to say that the half free and half slave is obligated. Look, Kasha, it's not a difficulty. Khan commissionary Shona, when Ravina said that, that half free and half slave is not obligated, that's like the original opinion of of Basilo, who said that half free and half slave is a true position. Khan, and when we say what that a call comes to include it, uh uh um, is what Kamishnah Achwana is like the final opinion of Beis Hillel, who says that that we never have such a case. We never really leave a person in the status of half free and half slave, and therefore everybody is obligated. Okay, because the because why? As we're going to see in a minute, anytime you have free and half slave, we always force the master, the master owns half to free the slave. Let's take a look. This time, because we learn we learn if a person was half free and half half slave and half free. So what do you do? He works for his master one day. He works for himself one day. That's where the base hill comes out. See, the guy owns half of him. He owns half, he owns half of himself. He worked one day for himself, one day for the master. said to Come on, what are you doing? He says, You helped the master. He got his money. Okay, that, that's, that's fine. Okay, but himself, you did not help him. You didn't help him out. Why? Because he's going to be stuck here. He's never going to be able to get married. He can't marry a slave girl. Why? Because, he, why? because he's half free. He's not allowed him, he, a Jew is not allowed to marry a Canaanite slave. Okay, and he can't marry a freed Jewish girl. Why? Uh, uh, because he's half slave. And a slave can't marry a, can't marry a Jewish girl. Okay, I libato and not to get married at all. The whole world was only made to procreate. And now, as the pasuk says, Lo sovra. Hashem didn't create the world to be to be desolate without without any population. created the world. Hashem didn't create the world to be desolate. He created the world to to be to be to be, to be uh, populated, to be dwelt in. So he has to get married. Elisa Beishamai said, "What? For the sake of, of, of the world running properly, Kofinus Rabo, we force the master, the guy who owns half of him, we force him. We force him to free the guy because of the slave. He writes for him. He writes him a paper saying he owes him the money for half of his for half of his value. And that, so that was the opinion of Beishamai. And Beishilo, in the end, went back and they they reneged in their position. They agreed Beishamai that we never leave a person in that position. So." 
therefore we can say that really Hakol is in the, you're right, that really the later part of the Mishnah really sounds like half free and half slave is not obligated. Because there is such a position, that's like the original position of Eisilo. But Hakol, the opening of the Mishnah was according to the final position of Eisilo, that what? That we never leave a person in a position of half free and half slave, and therefore even half free and half slave is going to be obligated ultimately to do the mitzvah. We said furthermore in the Mishnah, we said, we said except for a deaf and dumb person, an imbecile or a minor. So the simple rule is that what? That all these people are what? They're, they're not in possession of their faculties. They can't think. A person who can't think is not obligated to do the mitzvahs. So all these three are not obligated to do the mitzvah of Riyah, to show up and to bring the sacrifice. I says, Katani, the Gemara says like this, Katani, Cheresh, uh, he wrote Cheresh, a deaf and dumb person, do me the show to a cotton, in opposition to an imbecile and a minor. Just like an imbecile and a minor are not people who are capable of thinking properly, also what? It's also the, the, the deaf mute has to be a person who really is not capable of thinking properly. So what's it coming to tell me? It has to be a person who's absolutely incapable of understanding. Like we learned, when we said every place they talk about a deaf person that, that is not obligated in the mitzvahs, it's talking about somebody who both cannot hear and can't speak. He's totally cut off in the world. He can't think properly. Oh, a person who can speak, but even though he can't hear. He can hear, even though he can't speak. He's obligated in all the mitzvahs. He's a person who does have his mind. A person who can speak or think or, or hear is, does have his faculties. Okay, and this would support, the, this would validate the brisa that we learned, that, that we learned that teaches what the rabbi said, if a person speaks but can't hear, that's called a deaf person. If a person can hear and not speak, he's called an ilim, a mute. When a person doesn't have both, uh, uh, pardon me, and, and both of them, Either a person who can speak and can't hear, a person who can hear and can't speak, they're considered, they're considered normal in all their laws. They're considered completely people in possession of their faculties, and they're high in all the mitzvahs. Okay? I, so the, I mean, my, where do we see the Madabra and Shemeyah, where do we see that we apply the word mute to a person who can speak even though he can't hear? Uh, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, how do we see that a person who can speak and can't hear is called a cheirish, a deaf person? A person who can hear and can't speak is called a mute person. As it's written, I'm like a cheirish who can't hear. And like an elam, and like a mute who can't, who can't open his mouth. So we see cheirish is a person who can't hear, and elam is a person who can't speak. Another possibility to know why we call a person who can't speak an elam, because as people say in the popular language, his words were taken from him, but it means to say what it's like a pun, elam, the, the words were taken away from him. Now, the only problem is, so now one second, we just now, we just now made an inference, we, we derived from our Mishnah that a person who can speak and not hear or hear and not speak is chayiv in the mitzvah. But he says, he says, get out of here. He says, he says, he says, what are you talking about? He says, you told me what, uh, you just told me you want to tell me a person who can speak and not hear or hear and not speak is obligated huh? we learned exactly the opposite of Brisa if a person speaks and can't hear or hears and can't speak we learn okay uh, pardon me, pardon me I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I read too quickly 
Vatanya, didn't we learn Medaber Ben Hashemay? If a person can speak and not hear, Shemay Ben Medaber, he hears and can't speak. Potter, he's exempt. We have, we have a price that learns exactly the opposite of what you just learned from the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, you know what? You're right. He says, you know what? We have to redo everything. The Diuk is correct, but Chasori Mechasra, the Mishnah is missing a part. Our inference was correct that in a given case, it's only a person who both can't speak and can't hear is included in the law. And a person who can either speak or hear, only one of them is not included in the law. But it's not what we thought. We'll see in a second. This is how the whole Mishnah really went. Everybody's obligated to show up and to bring the sacrifice. Uva Simcha. Then no, it's this. We, we, we have we have we have if you have showing up, bringing an ola of Ri'ya, bringing a, a shlamin of chagiga. That's another obligation. A sacrifice shlamin of chagiga, and also onyantav bring shlamin of simcha to bring to to bring shlamin and just to eat the meat to be happy. Okay, and to eat them. So yes, kol chayim simcha. Everybody's obligated to show up and bring the olas riyah, and also to bring what a shlamim of simcha. Chutz mecherish madaber v'neshamayah. Except for a person who can, of a person who's deaf but can speak, uh, but can't hear. Okay, a shamayim or a person who can hear but not speak. Shapatim and riyah. Such a person is 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 exempt. From the mitzvah showing up for bringing the olas riyah, even though he's even though he's exempt from the riyah, he's still obligated to bring the sacrifices of simcha and to eat the meat. The Mishnah continues, but a person who can't speak and can't hear, and also now they're all equated. A person who can't speak and can't hear, and a shotan imbecile, and a minor who are all equated, okay, Pater Afmina Simcha. He is he is exempt even from the sacrifices of Simcha. Because they are exempt from all the mitzvahs in the in the in the Torah. So now, so we see that what? It's only a person who can't speak and can't hear who's exempt on both the Re'iyah and the Simcha. But a person who can either hear or speak is obligated on Simcha, even though he's exempt from the Re'iyah. Now, our inference was correct, but just on the different law. Tanya Nami, we learned a Brisa that supports this interpretation of the Mishnah. Because we learned explicitly, we learned in a Brisa, everybody's obligated to show up and bring the Olas Re'iyah and to bring the, the Shlamim of Simcha. Except for a person who's deaf, a deaf person who can speak but can't hear. A person who can hear and can't speak. Those people, they're exempt from the Re'iyah, even though they're exempt from Re'iyah, they're still obligated to bring the sacrifices of Simcha and to eat them. A person who both cannot hear and can't speak, and an imbecile and a minor, they're exempt even from the sacrifices of Simcha. Why? Because they are there because they are are exempt by definition from all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Tomorrow we'll see what's the difference between Simcha and Re'ir. But so far we settled up our Mishnah. We'll call that a daf. Everyone a wonderful day and a wonderful Shabbos.